This episode was co-produced with Gebertruf Stiftung, which makes science effective by initiating impact-oriented innovation projects. This year, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary and are keen to highlight the impact their initial funding has had on Swiss entrepreneurs. I came in with Venture Leaders and he came in with Venture, uh, ITL Venture Kick. And uh, when he came in with Kick, I was like, yeah, but you know, that sounds very brutal. I mean, you know, and he was thinking, that's, that's the point. We need to kick. That's the name of the game. So we'll kick them really. Kick them the out of the lab. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Jordi, Beat, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Silvan. Great to be here. Hello, Silvan. You are the co-founders of VentureLab and co-managing directors of VentureKick, two very important initiatives here in Switzerland for the whole startup ecosystem. Before we talk about them, I actually want to know more about what brought you to entrepreneurship. So, Beat, the first question to you, how did you get started in entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, uh, when I studied at the University of St. Gallen, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, venture capital and all that stuff was was not the topic uh, at all. And so basically I ended up in entrepreneurship uh, more like a, a virgin uh, with a child. So I started uh, in a strategy and marketing uh, consulting firm and, and there we were uh, confronted with a request of uh, UBS that actually wanted to work uh, with startups. And uh, so we proposed them, why don't we start an institute for young entrepreneurs? Uh, that was the starting point of, uh, of IFJ. Mm-hmm. And I basically uh, had to take over this mandate, it was kind of 10% of, of my job. And then I, I learned that uh, working with uh, startups, with entrepreneurs, was much more exciting and fun than uh, doing uh, uh, mandates in key account management or marketing strategy for big corporates. And uh, so I naturally kind of focused my time on uh, on this topic. And uh, year over year, basically the 10% grew to 100%. And then I started to uh, to add people to the team. And that's what uh, what brought me here. That was a very organic, a very natural growth due to the interest that this initial project sparked in you, I guess. Yeah, so kind of for me, uh, the the standard uh, career path at the time was uh, uh, starting with a big corporate and Mm -hmm. then do this corporate career. But uh, I learned that the military service uh, that I have a hard time uh, to be bossed around. So basically yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to be my own boss. And so basically that's how I started to, to become an entrepreneur. Amazing. And Jordi, how did you get started in entrepreneurship and then also met Beat along the way? Well, actually, I probably had a little bit of a similar uh, experience when I did the EPFL back uh, in uh, 96. I uh, completed my, my master um, and startup entrepreneurship was just not on the map. I mean, business mm-hmm. was not a topic. I often share I wanted to uh, actually know more about business and the o- only training about business was accounting. So quite far from anything from entrepreneurship. So I went into uh, entrepreneurship actually through uh, after uh, starting out in consulting. I was, but from the start, I was really interested. 
And um, there was then uh, a training, an executive MBA in entrepreneurship uh, and uh, technology management called MOT at EPFL, who was across business universities, EPFL and the American University, uh, University of Austin. And that's what I actually, I jumped in there just to have, uh, you know, to complete, to, to get exposure. And that's where I met uh, actually uh, the, the, my first co-founder. I had a first experience during that uh, uh, program and then went into my first startup, which was with XO3. Um, and when XO3 was, was finished, during that period, I was often invited actually to share my experience because with the company, uh, we raised some venture capital. Mm -hmm. uh, we were one of the, the major fundraising in Geneva at the time uh, and, uh, and really in this scene who emerged. At the time, it was uh, the startup bubble, uh, but still quite an amazing experience uh, where we built a company. So being invited in contact with different actors, uh, uh, that's how I actually... Uh, ended up meeting uh, and uh, the, the Pascal Fondman and Nets during that period because we were invited uh, to to share our startup experience. When the startup unfortunately didn't work and had to leave, I joined uh, the EPFL Innovation Park uh, and there uh, as as coach. Uh, and subsequently, I was asked to uh, uh, join a program who was a little bit of a predecessor of uh, a venture lab with a training program called Create. And that's when actually IFJ and Beat uh, came in and uh, where our paths started crossing because IFJ actually uh, uh, was the one that, uh, that uh, started really VentureLab. Tell me a bit more about that, Beat. You actually won a public tender, right, to then take over the program. Yeah, so when, uh, when basically I organically started to grow this Institute for Young Entrepreneurs, uh, we grew to, to a small team of seven people uh, operating uh, in this field, uh, training, uh, offering trainings uh, for, for startups, uh, working with UBS and other sponsors. And then one day we were approached uh, by CTI or InnoSwiss today, mm -hmm. uh, where we don't want to uh, to participate in, in this public tender. It was a, a 16 million contract over four years, so very substantial. And so we decided, yeah, wh why not? And so we worked day and night uh, uh, to, to put an offer out. And then to, to our big surprise, we actually won against uh, two consortia consisting of, uh, of the highest case, the ETA, GPFL, uh, Universities mm -hmm. of Applied Sciences. And uh, then, yeah, we, we got that contract and we needed kind of to execute. And so we, we also had no link to, to Omodi. And so then that was kind of a... The famous day in, in, in or dinner in, in Bern when we actually saw each other for, for the first night. And at the end of the dinner, we concluded that we would uh, partner up and, and, and do that together. That's an amazing story. Because I remember, Jordi, you told me before you we started recording, you told me, oh, you thought it's done with the coaching. You would move on to something different, maybe start another company again. And then the IFJ tender happened and you decided to continue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I have to, to, to give it that really bad, uh, convinced me or that our discussion, uh, gave really the, was the birth of thinking the really something I, I always thought there was really, and, and it was great that, uh, you know, we, the, these programs were being built at the time, really the investment, uh, having, uh, the, the today, you know, Swiss, uh, at the time CTI deciding, yes, mm -hmm. we have to invest. We'll do more support for entrepreneurship. 
was really a great foundation. But for me, of course, being I was on the side of one of the consortia that uh, that uh, actually had lost against Beat and and the whole team. And I thought uh, for me, it's actually just you know natural next step evolution, probably going back you know to my next uh, entrepreneurial experience. And uh, that's true that going to this meeting, I remember just that would be great, great to meet Beat. Beat already had some reputation as an entrepreneur. And I thought, hey, that's always a good thing to meet. And let's see, you know, what uh, what the ideas were. And then uh, the more we discussed, the more I thought, hey, I mean, there is really there working together an opportunity to, to actually develop uh, this program and uh, make it uh, having the maximum impact for, for entrepreneurship. Oh, amazing. And Beat, you already mentioned different initiatives, right? Uh, IFJ, there's of course Venture Lab, there's also Venture Kick. Can you give us a quick overview of what these different initiatives actually are to give people a good starting point who might not be that familiar yet? Yeah, well, so uh, it, it really goes back to that uh, uh, 89 experience with uh, UBS and kind of the, the, the basic uh, business case that we execute is the, the Robin Hood business case. So we always uh, want to serve the startups and we're aware of the fact that the startups cannot afford uh, to pay uh, for support. And mm -hmm. so always if there is kind of a an actor, uh, an institution, a third party who is interested in working with startups uh, and, and has some budget, then basically we're there to kind of uh, figure out what could be done to kind of support the startups and at the same time also achieve uh, the goals of this partner. And so mm -hmm. that's how we ended up kind of building a, a collection of, of different programs that are kind of financed by, by different partners, be it foundations in the case of VentureKick or mm -hmm. be it uh, corporates, a lot of different uh, corporates uh, in the Venture Lab context, uh, uh, financing the Venture Leaders programs, uh, for example, or supporting the top 100, or also at, at IFJ where we incorporate more than 3,000 3, uh, companies each year, That's where crazy. we also have uh, sponsors like a Swisscom or a Helvetia or a Post Finance that are interested in, in, in working with new companies and therefore kind of pay for our efforts in offering and supporting uh, uh, startups. Is it fair to say that IFJ is really more focused on the corporation, incorporation of a company, really the the legal aspect there? So uh, one could say that uh, IFJ is supporting everybody who really wants to start a new company mm -hmm. and uh, independent whether there is some kind of scalable business case or innovation behind it's just kind of a new company. And, and mm -hmm. on the other hand, Venture Lab is, is uh, focused on, I would say, the top two, top three percent yeah. of all these uh, new incorporated companies who really want to scale, uh, who have uh, growth ambition and uh, growth potential and also need maybe uh, venture capital to execute their plans. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's really kind of a, a completely different target group. And if we uh, talk about Venture Kick, then uh, we have another difference there it's only for spin-off uh, projects of uh, universities so you need to 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 have a link to a swiss university 
and uh, you're not yet incorporated as a company. So that's what uh, what it takes if you want to participate in Venture Cake. But else, Venture Cake and Venture Lab cater to the same uh, target population. Got it. Thank you for for this overview. I do want to focus a bit on Venture Cake now to see what you actually focus on there. So you say that you support companies on their global expansion path. What are the companies? What sort of companies are you looking for? So maybe the, the support of the global expansion path is more uh, the mission of Venture Lab mm -hmm. with the Venture Leaders uh, programs, etc. So Venture Kick is, is really kind of uh, kicking out innovative projects of the labs of the Swiss universities and, and kicking them in front of investors kind of to get the first means to, to really start executing on, on the mission. And, and Venture Kick is really kind of limited to, to a nine month experience is kind of three hurdles. First, you get 10K and the better half then gets a 40K. And again, the better half will get the 100K after nine months. So you come uh, to Venture Kick if you're pregnant with a business idea, with this kind of academic uh, background. And after nine months, in the best case, if you survive that selection process, you will be awarded uh, this 150K to, to, to really give birth to your company. Mm -hmm. And Jordi, this focus on university spin-offs, so to say, the technology that comes from universities, is that the focus because you see a higher success rate or higher success potential from startups coming from the university background? Well, I think that that's it's partly when it relates to a, to one of the initiatives. I mean, uh, fundamentally, at Venture Lab, when we look at all the venture programs, again, uh, we take all of the startups which are across the board. Now, when we focus around uh, uh, when it is around, like typically the the, the venture cake. I mean, I think it's first because there is a very strong yes innovation foundation. This innovation foundation steams out of the research, the high quality institution uh, profiles, entrepreneurs that uh, you can find, and that's definitely, of course, one of the one of the things we want to have. It's also a way to anchor uh, uh, in Switzerland. I mean, it's it's when you develop, you know. I mean, we have to bring this, uh, I would say, economical uh, development, this uh, sort of uh, wealth creation has to be also related to Switzerland. And one way to relate it to Switzerland is also to make sure there are links with the institution here so that we, we help reinforcing this uh, virtuous cycle of uh, having strong research, creating startups, but staying in touch and having strong links towards all of the uh, a research ecosystem. So I think it's really a virtuous cycle that says it's not only institutions of research who do great startup. Adventure Lab we serve broadly, but when it comes to some of these programs, yes, this link really adds because then you have great profile, uh, very strong intellectual property, very often or very strong science on the back of the of the company. So that's that's where the strategy is. And how does the selection process look like when a university startup applies to get supported by VentureKick? How do you select the most promising startups to join the program? Well, it's several dimensions. So first, uh, uh, we look at all the applications. Huh? I think uh, we receive uh, over 700 uh, applications uh, wow. per, per, per year. Uh, we have, uh, so we can still, we have quite a broad uh, base. We can one out of four and out of five, uh, we can bring into the, the jury. Uh, and and to bring them there, we, we look at the different quality of the projects, mm -hmm. background of the entrepreneur. Uh, uh, background already of, of, of where if we see that there is already an entrepreneur 
entrepreneurial, uh, uh, at least a, a first entrepreneurial dynamic uh, that is present. And, uh, and we actually select on, do we have people who are going to carry? Because we strongly believe the people are the heart of entrepreneurship. So, and a project which makes sense, you know, and then they can come to the stage one. So, and there the decision is being taken by the jury. We have a pool of jury uh, today consists of uh, over 170 people across Switzerland uh, who are joining the sessions and they do the selection uh, at the end, also. even international. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that that's Perfect. with the online actually. So that's we 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 they do the first selection um, at uh, actually at every stage mm-hmm. and they select. At the first stage, we have, we call it half and half. Half of the weight is on the entrepreneur, his ability to pitch and the team. Yeah. So it's on the people. And the other half is on the fundamentals of the project. Do we have a first project that makes sense? There seems to be a solid innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something behind. But it's very early. We are at sure. we are very early stage. I mean, we're before company creation. And at that stage, we don't even ask usually for any kind of, uh, we, we ask for first indications of have they given some thought around, mm-hmm. you know, the money, have they given some thought around, you know, the, 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 I would say what it would look like as a business, but we, we don't make it a requirement because we mm-hmm. want to help. And that's where the names comes from. The venture kick, it's the kicking out of the lab. Uh, <laughs> I have to say here, we have an anecdote where, where at first when Beat came in with that name, so I, I can say I came in with Venture Leaders and he came in with Venture uh, ITL Venture Cake. And uh, when he came in with Cake, I was like, yeah, but you know, that sounds very brutal. I mean, yeah. you know, and he was thinking, that's, that's the point. We need to kick. That's the name of the game. So we'll kick them really. Kick them yes. out of the lab. <laughs> you know, kick them out of the lab. And then yeah. after that, I said, yeah, it makes sense, actually, because point, probably yeah. is the best, uh, best philosophy. <laughs> So yeah. that's how we went on. So the idea is really to help. And, and you have to remember, I mean, when we launched Venture Cake, it was 2007. I mean, at the time, it was really pioneer. Of course. I mean, today, I think that when people look, they, there are so many schemes that it sounds, uh, I wouldn't say obvious, but more, I mean, now we've evolved. And of course, we keep uh, on some sort of, of, of leadership in doing the program and yeah. we're the largest and we really have turned this into additional dimensions. But back in 2007, I mean, uh, the, 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 the fact of nothing. coming, there was nothing. Yeah, yeah. And the fact of coming with a program that was literally saying, okay, look, you come in a, you know, you come up, mm-hmm. you will have one morning. So the startups comes, you have 20 minutes to pitch, you apply with a three pager, and basically you can get 10,000. Boom. And you have the answer the same afternoon. Huh? You come in the morning <laughs> at three o'clock uh, latest in the afternoon, you know whether you have received 10,000 and then you have three months to come back. And this is really the night's really working. Yeah. And that was really something that, that was uh, new at the time. I mean, there was nothing, there was no one else. And it's really helped actually uh, 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 showing that, you know, and that's one of the things about the selection. It is betting on people that have something solid, but you don't know where it will go. Mm-hmm. And to really stress test very early on, like, yeah. hey, here is some guidance, but because it not only goes with the money, it also goes with what we call kicker scams. So we work, we have two days of interactions, you know, after yes. we give the money where we support, help on shaping what, what is the, the plan, what is the action plan, mm-hmm. and also connecting a lot, you, you know, yeah. so use the jury members, use the alumni today a lot, but, you know, connect, go to see, of course, 
priority customers, talk to potential customers, talk to potential investors, talk to experts, so that you shape the business case. Mm -hmm. And that's how the selection works. Stage one, we do that. We select today a bit more than half at every at every session. I mean, it's uh, it's over 90 projects every year that enter the pipeline. That's a lot. We will celebrate uh, over a thousand, so we will pass our thousand projects supported this year. Amazing. And maybe kind of coming back to the question, why is it limited to university mm -hmm. uh, spin-offs? So it, it really also comes back to the uh, financing of the program. It, it's yeah. foundations, it's the Gebertruf and the Ernst Gönel Stiftung, who basically were the first ones to believe in that uh, concept mm -hmm. in 2007. And as the means were limited already at the time, and they're extremely limited also today, it's just not possible kind of to go abroad uh, and, and, and broader than uh, spin-offs of universities. Mm -hmm. So we, we quadrupled the number of uh, applications compared to 10 years ago, and we were only able to grow the pipeline by 40%. So the, the limiting factor is really kind of the, the money. But still, we, we, we have given out more than 45 million now to these uh, 900 projects. Wow. No, when you were starting out, right, there was no real startup ecosystem established as we know it today. And you were really the pioneers to kickstart, to start this initiative. When you did so, were you ever afraid that it's not going to work or thought about stopping it? Because that was a long way and required a lot of persistence and energy to put into to get you where you are today. So I would say uh, we were not in a situation that we woke up one morning and said, now we have a great business idea and now let's start a business. So we really were kind of a service provider from from day one and, and still are. So we provide services to, to third party, to corporates, to foundations, to states who want to, to, to support startups. And mm -hmm. so with this, uh, yeah, we just were able to, to grow now to to 50 people and, and uh, growing uh, more and more of these programs and, and hope to, to keep doing that and having fun along the way. The most important factor. Yeah, absolutely. The essence of it. <laughs> exactly. So one other thing I want to talk about are some challenges along the way. So one thing you mentioned now is, of course, the financing. You need support uh, from foundations or from the public sector like CTI or InnoSwiss today. Is that sometimes stressful that you have to go through a public tender over and over again or, you know, get the money in and sort of have to fight for it every now and then again? So I would say it, uh, it keeps you awake, it keeps you fit. So, uh, yeah, I think it's only the pressure that uh, that keeps you growing. So, uh, yeah. Only with the highest pressure, you will end up as a diamond, so to say. No, right. so we're not yet there. <laughs> but I would say no. It it really it's it's needed and it's good that it is like this. So mm -hmm. we really appreciate to have competition. Do you think that it got easier or more difficult to acquire the funds for your initiatives? Because the startup ecosystem is evolving; it's growing. Is that supporting? for you to raise the funds or is it more challenging because there's also more competition? 
Well, there is, of course, I mean, uh, increased competition. So it, it creates a challenge, as Bayard says. It forces, uh, you know, to, to renew. It forces to evolve every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say that, uh, of course, there are many actors, uh, public and private. Uh, a lot of public actors are also active here. So it creates, uh, uh, for us, a situations where we are a private company. So, you know, you, you don't position, uh, don't have exactly the same means. Uh, so these kind of things are, are of course, uh, a form of challenge that, is uh, like in any environment where the competition uh, is, is becomes denser, mm-hmm. uh, uh, forces you to, to 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 move, and it is. I mean, we have to say, of course, it is pressure because uh, you regularly uh, have to to uh, well restate, you know, and, and, and invest into uh, defending uh, what you want to to fight for. So that's one thing. The positive point, of course, is as the, the ecosystem grows, I mean, there are more and more uh, opportunities that are there and more and more people. I mean, you know, we can work with partners which uh, want to use the, the, the Swiss ecosystem and want to to actually work with uh, the, the Swiss startups. So this opens, I would say, uh, great, uh, great opportunities. Um, one additional point is uh, one thing which uh, we, we worked a lot amongst the initiatives that we mentioned. There is the top 100, for example. And the top 100 was also to show that uh, not only we have startups which are which are great, but that they really have an amazing impact. And, and, and these actually also adds to the credibility of the startups because... I mean, back in, you know, the 2010, working with a startup was often regarded like, hey, what, you know, who is that? Today, it is, uh, people see there is real, I mean, potential and there is real development opportunities to be done, even if you're a large corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's where I would say uh, it opens a lot of, uh, of avenues on that front. Yeah. And I wonder, Beat, you mentioned at the beginning that startups, they don't have the money to pay for the support services. So, of course, you need foundations and, and the, the state basic to support. Have you ever thought about a business model that would also allow you to get more independent from these? I could think about investing, of course, uh, in, in startups to then have a return in the long run. So, uh, as I was uh, kind of the virgin, uh, getting a baby with uh, with entrepreneurship, and now kind of growing to a fifty people operation with these two companies, I was also a, a virgin, becoming a, a, a business angel uh, one day. So it was actually also UBS. So I was writing the business plan of uh, Jobs.ch uh, in kind of ninety nine and uh, presenting that to to my sponsor uh, UBS at IFJ they said well uh, the two advisors in this business plan should also become investors and should become board member of uh, of, of jobs.ch mm-hmm. and so i was forced to become a business angel and uh, i also then was a business angel of uh, b2b brains to ventures mm-hmm. uh, and so I was very lucky, uh, kind of that my first uh, business angel engagement turned to be, to turned out to be very successful, and that then gave me the means to to also invest as a business angel in the last twenty years. And so I, but one thing is kind of our uh, business operation with IFJ and Venture Lab, which is purely service uh, provider. And there is the the, the private uh, dimension where from time to time, if uh, the opportunity comes up, if uh, uh, founders uh, ask me whether I don't want to support them also as an investor or as a board member. So 
I, I, I did this uh, sometimes in the past and, and, and keep, doing, keep doing that because it's just adding to the fun of it, but that's more kind of the hobby, the hobby part uh, of it. So if you want to, to really come up with a, a business model in financing, then you need to raise a venture capital. Uh, fund if you want to be serious about it and uh, that's a different uh, kind of thing that what we do with this service business model in in venture lab and venture so you really stayed focused on on your success path basically because i imagine it would be very tempting to then say oh we also do this we also start our own fund for example but you really stayed focused on what got you there and that has proven to be very successful. Yeah, it's just uh, so uh, uh, I said I started uh, 30 years ago with a 10% part of a job and now we are kind of 50 people operation and, and since kind of ever since this uh, more than 30 years now we were growing. So I think there was no year uh, since we started when we did not grow. And so if you, if you kind of continuously grow and you have new new programs coming up then then you started with venture lab in 2004 then in 2007 there was kind of venture kick in 2011 there was the top 100 so uh, we we increased the venture leaders from one program in 2005 now to six uh, different venture leaders around the globe so it's just yeah, our, also our days only count 24 hours. Sometimes we add the night to it, but it's not sufficient. <laughs> I see. And you talk about growth. So you're growing, growing, growing every year. Do you think that you will eventually be too big for Switzerland, that you will not find enough interesting startups to support and to take into your programs, Jordi? So it, it, it's interesting because this question often comes and I would say so far we have definitely uh, not exhausted the potential. I mean, I was uh, exactly this morning talking about this. If you look at the, the percent, simply the percentage of uh, PhDs and masters in this country who go towards the entrepreneurial uh, uh, path and not even creating companies, going into the training, going, I mean, we're talking few percent. I mean, and we should reach at least 10 or 15 or 20 percent. And, and, and this is really then in terms of company creation creation, you know, something where uh, in terms that there is a huge potential and that's in the academics. Outside, there is still also a lot of potential people. I mean, we have amazing companies here uh, uh, in, uh, in innovation sectors, in high tech. I mean, if you look today, the, the, the big companies we know in IT are, are suffering and some of them are letting people go. All these people have a potential one day to become entrepreneurs. We've seen that over and over as well. Right. So on one hand, answer is, is I don't think that that's really a, a big piece. We, we do international. I mean, we take companies international and we welcome mm -hmm. international entrepreneurs also, you know, so in, yeah. in some for programs, in scale of boot camps, in, uh, you know, we work a lot also with scale ups. I mean, one thing that we are have been also uh, continuously developing is that with the alumni becoming more mature, those companies also grow and, and, and you know, want other type of uh, uh, support or additional. So mm -hmm. we can, you know, support them as well in their path a little bit further along the way. Um, it, it's not, uh, that's one dimension that, that, no, we have a lot of potential. The second dimension is if you look really at the models, which are qualitatively speaking, uh, serving really strongly. And here we can take examples of, uh, I don't know, the Y Combinator in the Valley or things yeah. like this. They never went international per se. They more focused on delivering high quality, the best quality possible using the, the, the you know, the ecosystem. And here we have an amazing ecosystem for this. So at the, for the time being, uh, 
we still do a lot of international activities. They continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, in, in a month from now, we will be at the Mobile World Congress. We will be uh, having teams of entrepreneurs, people working there. So, you know, it's finding the right balance to, to mm-hmm. the focus helps us keep the quality. Yeah. And, and also in the past. So uh, we, we've uh, doing programs in South Africa. Jody was uh, doing programs in Sub-Saharan. <laughs> Africa <laughs> and all around the globe, but that's kind of really opportunistically. If again uh, somebody approaches us also on on, on the global level and and uh, wants us to execute uh, any kind of interesting job in in that startup uh, arena, then if uh, if we have the bandwidth and if it's fun, then we might accept and 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 do also stuff uh, abroad. I really like your philosophy of, hey, it makes sense, but it's also fun. I think that's a really cool philosophy to bring to the table. I really like that. Uh, this should be for any startup or any way, because it's going to be hard. And that's one thing in the values where we say it has to remain fun. Yeah. The day the fun goes out of it, hard is part of it, no question. Sure. But yeah. the day the fun goes out of it means exactly. you have to question. Exactly. But I think we're privileged to be in a space where the fun keeps coming. Definitely. We already talked about the importance of, you know, getting the funding together. And we do this episode in collaboration with the Gerbert Rüff Stiftung. So I also want to talk a bit about their role along your journey. So the first question here is, why is actually philanthropic support needed for initiatives like you do? I would say Gerbert Rüff Foundation is, is, is really unique uh, in a sense uh, that uh, as a foundation, uh, it is what they decided that is it is their role, kind of to bridge science to market, and so basically they look for opportunities how to do that in in the best possible way, and and so uh, yeah, they were supporting the the Nets program uh, with Jory uh, before when we got the the Vangelab mandate. They said okay. Uh, we now stop this international program. I I read the uh, the press release about that and then thought, okay, that's a pity because uh, in in that uh, Inno Swiss program, in the national uh, training program for high tech startup, there, there was no international dimension. So basically, I I just did a cold call to Gebertrui Foundation and said, by the way, it's really a pity. So why don't you kind of consider? Uh, to to re-enter that arena, and so mm. we we came up with uh, with a more elaborated new proposal called Venture Leaders with this international dimension, and uh, yeah, then they thought or said that yeah makes makes sense. Let's give it a shot. Uh, we give you two years to to prove it, and uh, then uh, you need to to get continuation by by Inno Swiss, what what they did. And so that was kind of the, the starting point of Venture Leaders. Without the Gepard Ruf Foundation, Venture Leaders would not exist. And the same then uh, after these uh, two years of, of Venture Leaders, when we had the debriefing in Basel, again, then uh, Pascal Vonmont asked the question, so do you have any idea what could be done kind of to, to, to get more spin-offs? in Switzerland, maybe even double the number of spin-offs in Switzerland. And then we scratched our heads and then, uh, yeah, came up with the proposal of, of Venture Kick. So then why not doing something uh, at the very early stage uh, mm-hmm. with a very low kind of barrier to entry and, uh, yeah, 
proposed uh, this scheme and uh, gave a proof and then also Ernst Gödner uh, Stiftung decided to, to, to give it a try. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just kind of the such foundations are completely different from the, the, the state because uh, they're much faster in their decision-making process. They're much more kind of entrepreneurial and especially can, the Gepard Foundation yeah. is entrepreneurial. So. They can really take risks on experimenting new projects. I mean, yeah. uh, because actually, if you if you look at the Venture Kick, that was typically a risky project. So if you, if you ask us, would we have ever stopped? I mean, I don't think it ever crossed our mind one second. But I can imagine that before you launch this and you say, we're going to give a... Uh, uh, you know, at the beginning we were uh, actually granting. It was mm-hmm. pure grants, and it was a hundred and thirty thousand. So you launch a mechanism where you're going to grant a hundred and thirty thousand per case to young entrepreneurs uh, in that field. I mean, that was you know, it could have, uh, I would say, ended up in a disaster. Maybe not, but definitely it could have ended up in yielding sure. uh, almost no results in uh, after distributing. I don't know how many millions. So, so yeah. that's that's you know and. That's really where I think Gebert Roof in this field, in entrepreneurship, in, uh, in, in building this, uh, this, this transfer has really, uh, has really played a role and, and constantly, you know, continuing. And also seeing, I think that's where we have uh, really uh, the, the privilege where Venture Kick, you know, not only they start, okay, it, it's continuing, but continuously evolving the model and working, you know, at evolving the model, supporting in the continuation, because uh, I think a program like Venture Kick and, and, and Venture Leaders and what we're also trying is to add the value at the end through what the the, the foundation that has been built mm-hmm. can be used for, for the entrepreneurs. And today that's a big dimension that the fact that it has been maintained, it has been continuously evolving and uh, uh, has such an alumni and this track record becomes an asset for the next generation. So the next generation can benefit from having a program that uh, is there with a credibility, with quite a network, with a lot of acquired and, and uh, inside knowledge in helping, you know, used by other connecting. It's not only the entrepreneurs. I mean, the whole pool of jury benefits a lot from connecting to each other, these strengths and this one-on-one, you know, relation in the network. So all of these becomes uh, foundations which, uh, yet again, yeah, would not be possible. Uh, we we even invited the state to participate in 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 venture cake when the whole concept was elaborated everything and they they declined so, okay that's not for us and so it's really without the foundations especially without the capital proof foundation the the startup ecosystem in switzerland would look completely different so it would not exist because if without gebertruf giving us the chance to 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 without asking us what could be done we wouldn't have even come up with the concept (laughs) and without their money we wouldn't have been able to to try it out and i think this is a great summary to show that many initiatives or some initiatives that we know today would not exist without the foundations but on top of that also how you create something new together beyond the pure financial contribution i think that's also a very strong statement to really you know have a strong ecosystem in the end yeah and so yesterday there was this uh, uh startup take a branch and so kind of uh showing that uh, the money raised in switzerland by startups has grown to nearly 4 billion, mm-hmm. 30% more than last year. And if you consider that 
40% of this amount, so 1.6 billion, has gone and has been collected by Venture Kick alumni. That also shows that uh, yeah, Venture Kick plays a, a role today. Absolutely. And that brings me to the next question, because around 90% of Swiss startups have in some form participated in your initiatives, which is a mind-blowing number if you think about it. So can we officially call you the godfathers of the Swiss startup <laughs> ecosystem? No. <laughs> no <laughs> Why not? No, no. The contributors, which are really, because I mean, it comes back. I mean, for, first, I think it's really important to stress out that, yes, when we started, there were very little things, mm -hmm. but we were also not alone. I think, I mean, there were, there were other, there were many pioneers that were out there and uh, that, uh, that pushed uh, across all, I mean, and, and, and Namely, I mean, the Gebertools, but I think also from several dimensions, I mean, the state, uh, the CTI played a role. I mean, CTI was behind VentureLab and VentureLab was also one of the foundations that helped to say, hey, there is this model we can actually leverage. You know, it was also based on the experience of VentureLab where we were having quite a few people with projects were saying, but what's the best way? to kick them out of the lab. I think that was exactly, we're seeing them in the lab and we're saying, hey, but we need something more. So this goes hand in hand and there were several other actors out there who, who, who helped. So now the I think that one thing, yes, we can be definitely proud of, I mean, is that we, we kept the, or, or we instilled and pushed the drive or the momentum at the time. And, and one thing uh, I think I can share uh, on behalf of VentureLab uh, or Bayad, because Bayad came up with this, was uh, this uh, back in 2003, even before VentureLab, uh, uh, Switzerland or Alinghi won the America's Cup. And, and that was a sentence that was, uh, if, if a country that doesn't even have a C, can actually uh, uh, win the America's Cup, which is one of the most prestigious sailing competition, where we definitely can make global leaders. And this ambition, probably we contributed, we were always pushing, and it's true that back then it was not obvious. It was very often looked at, yeah, we're Swiss startups, you know, we're small. We... Mm -hmm. No, I mean, we are here out of Switzerland, have the everything it needs, we need yeah. in order to make global leaders and and this is something that probably had, we had the chance but we fought for it that we brought and we kept bringing you know we can be global leaders starting out of switzerland i love that spirit i think we need more of that in switzerland thank you for supporting that and if you look back payout over the past years how has the ecosystem evolved in a great way. So uh, a lot of uh, new initiatives, a lot of new players, especially what I appreciate a lot is, is all that uh, successful founders that now can come back and, and contribute by uh, coaching, by mentoring, by investing in the next uh, generation of startups. So actually, it's like... Probably, yeah, uh, that when, when we had uh, this uh, exit with jobs, that was uh, kind of uh, one of the first big exits. And also there, uh, looking back at the founders there, all of them also uh, started with this uh, contributing, investing in the next generation. Now we have kind of a much broader, uh, yeah, uh, much broader uh, scene of, of uh, serial entrepreneurs and, and to see that uh, really uh, makes me, yeah, makes me proud to be part of, of, of that ecosystem. Definitely. And if you look into the future, Jordi, what is next for 
all your initiatives and where are we headed as an ecosystem? So there is always one thing is already maintaining the foundation and keep growing. You know, I mean, people are always like, uh, okay, what's new? And I'm like, well, you know, we have a venture leaders platform, a venture kick platform, venture kick. The potential is 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 not yet exhausted by far. So we are this year at uh, 6.3 million. What's next? Uh, I would say we would need a 10 million budget. I mean, that's one thing we're really looking after. We have a potential to do four, five, six. Uh, so we are now at six. Uh, we want to. Uh, Hopefully, go to more venture leaders. So I think one thing is maintaining the base, um, uh, growing and developing as well. And and this is really the the advanced financing. We are doing this today. And one thing as well, I think in Switzerland, and we have initiatives in this front with some of our partners, like Six, uh, uh, on the whole front of uh, you know the exits, the IPOs, the whole. That has been one of the challenges I think that uh, we are still facing in Switzerland, is uh, making sure because it is it is a positive cycle. Sometimes we can even feel among the resistance that oh, well, but startups when they exit, you know, do we lose them? And I'm like, but that's part of really this ecosystem that grows and creates amazing value. Mm -hmm. so so that's really the avenue that 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 we want to see, reinforcing uh, uh, definitely uh, in this path some of the programs for us. Of course, we know that uh, we'll have to renew uh, with uh, with uh, the different partners. Uh, there are tenders coming that will have to be present. Uh, there are there are many things that are on the path. Uh, th that's I think amongst the core uh, the core points that I'm looking at as an ecosystem as a whole. Of course, I mean, uh, I think that one one of the points that we really have uh, and we continue pushing and looking at um, is is on one hand the whole work of financing. I mean, that's on the table of many people. We're we're getting better. We see the numbers. We see mega rounds. But uh, again, and the other one is the whole work. Uh, there is a huge potential to work also with the partners, the corporates, you know, all of the people that the startups can now also, because once the startups have the program, the financing, mm -hmm. you have to work with the, uh, with, with the, 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 you know, your customers. Of and course, basically yeah. in Switzerland, we're very good in B2B. Yeah. Uh, we serve and we bring amazing products. So I really think that that's essential. And finally, this we continue. It's the international exposure. I mean, we know that our, our startups are by definition born to be global because yeah. it's Swiss markets for high-tech startups is yeah. what it is. That's <laughs> the nature of things. We know that. Everyone knows that. So being more performant, uh, uh, keeping going, going faster mm -hmm. uh, uh, is definitely of essence. That's, that's to me what I see uh, going there. You know, so it's a constantly, I mean, there is no innovation. The beauty of innovation is that it stays there. I mean, the prime material, you know, is, is uh, always the entrepreneurs. So this hasn't changed in the past 15 years. It's identifying the right people and give them as many tools, means, access in order for them to, to be able to, to perform as a team, meet the right people, make it happen. Exactly. So the future looks not only very exciting and actually also very fun for both of you. I think there's still a lot of cool stuff coming your way. And, and faster and faster. I mean, look at, uh, at the, one of the discussions uh, that uh, we were having this morning, uh, again, in, in some one of the meeting I was, was uh, look at the uh, end of last year, how suddenly uh, uh, AI, which is already in our lives, in many, many things people don't know, has suddenly became even much more broadly, uh, you know, uh, known with, with the tools like, uh, you know, open uh, 
so chat GDP, uh, uh, you know, everyone talks about it, uh, uh, but already before uh, regenerative AI, that's one domain. And then you take health. I mean, incredible what we've seen. And this opens tons of, uh, of opportunities where we will always need, I think, always need support for this innovation, you know, to, to, to help at the beginning and, and, and make it stronger so that it can, because the rest of the world ecosystem also evolves. No? We're not the only one to do innovation uh, ecosystems. <laughs> exactly. So to wrap up the conversation today, I have some rapid fire questions for you. I ask you a simple question and you have to answer in one sentence. You ready? Go for it. Let's start with you, Beat. What was the best lesson that entrepreneurship has taught you? Yeah, you hit the wall and you stand up and walk again. I like that. And Jordi, why should you start a company versus not starting it? Well, you definitely need to start because in terms of personal development and in terms of career challenge, it's probably the best and most challenging that you can find. And uh, Beat, do you have any career regrets? No, not at all. What about you, Jordi? At this stage, not comes to mind either. Beat, what do you prefer, lakes or mountains? Yeah, so sailing is on the lake, so Uh, lake or even the sea. Fantastic. And Jordi, for you, coffee or tea? Coffee. Everyone knows that uh, (laughs) if the coffee machine is not closed, something is wrong. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, Beat, how often do you feel the urge to move on to something new, new projects, new ideas, new investments, new partners, whatever it might be? So uh, I'm spoiled with uh, new stuff uh, every day. And so I don't feel the urge. So I just try (laughs) to handle as much as I can. Nice. Can I make a sentence on this? Because I love it. Actually, um, in order for a train to go very fast, Mm -hmm. meaning innovation, you need to have very solid rails, meaning very solid foundation. So between new and things, you need to have the right balance. That's just a comment that yeah. is not a fire, but uh, a <laughs> fire answer. But I think I always love that image. Venture like Kickoff's programs are very solid race, and then innovation can fly on yeah. it. Otherwise, everything will fall apart. You need something to be stable, huh? Yeah. And the last one I want to ask to both of you, Beat, what are you not willing to give up? I would say, yeah, the, the fun. I like that. Yeah. And you, Jordi? Well, I can only share this one. And uh, of course, I think uh, uh, somebody to never forget it's a balancing act as well. In the sense, you know, we have family, uh, we have other dimensions. So not giving up for me is the proper balance with fun in it. Amazing. I think this is a beautiful statement to end the conversation today. Beat, Jordi, thank you so much for not only coming on the show, but also for everything that you do for the ecosystem. It's amazing to see how far you've come and how far and how much further you actually go. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you very much, Silvan, for having us. Thank you, Silvan. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.